Noah and Kate, Chapter 33 Kate awoke in the bottom bunk of the good bedroom early the next morning, having forgotten to close the curtains the night before. The light flooding into the room virtually stabbed her eyes, and she fumbled and stumbled out of bed, eyes squeezed shut, batting at the curtains to get them closed. When she'd managed to reduce the glare to a mere golden glow around the edges of the curtain, she sat back down on the bed and debated trying to get back to sleep. She'd bunked down in here last night after hearing Paige's contented snoring emanating from the upstairs loft. It had been way too early for Paige to be asleep, Kate had originally thought, until she called to mind just how many hours Paige had been putting in at the bookshop, how many days and nights she'd been spending there so as to let her part-timers enjoy their summer. She must be exhausted, Kate had realized. She and Noah were so alike in that way. They were both so tearful and upbeat on the surface that it was difficult to know just how much they were really going through, unless you managed to get them to tell you. Kate had moved around the cabin quietly, locking it up and switching off lights in silence, feeling more like a guest than ever. It would be nice to own this lovely old place, she'd thought wistfully, to be part of something that was two generations old and had seen so many happy summers. But it was sort of hers, for now, anyway, and she was determined to enjoy it. The bottom bunk promised both comfort and delightful memories, and so she'd snuggled in with a book, trying not to let the flashbacks of her time in here with Noah's popsicle toes and warm, sensual mouth distract her from the plot. Which, of course, they did. Now, sitting on the edge of the bed, a battle between food and sleep erupted, and hunger easily won. She padded out to the kitchen in her sock feet and cow-themed sleep shirt, and popped a frozen waffle into the toaster. When she heard Paige stirring upstairs, she popped in another one, and brought both up to the loft, with a bowl of fruit and a little flagon of maple syrup. Paige was sprawled across the bed, a blonde starfish claiming all four corners, and Kate laughed. At sleepovers, Kate used to wake up with Paige's foot on her face or an elbow up her nose, and it looked like not much had changed. Paige said something without lifting her head out of the pillows, and it came out muffled, but surprisingly understandable. Waffles, Kate replied, with fruit and syrup. Good morning, by the way. Paige rose up, her hair tumbling across her eyes, and reached her hand out. You're my savior. Kate handed her a plate and the whole bottle of syrup, knowing it was the last time she was going to see any of it. To say Paige had a sweet tooth was like saying Elizabeth Taylor had been married a couple of times. Kate spread the fruit on her waffle and sat cross-legged on the end of the bed to eat. So you meant it when you said you'd be staying over, Kate said. I thought you just said that to keep Jeff from getting ideas. Paige shrugged. You don't mind, do you? Of course not, Kate said, surprised. It's your cabin. Half mine, Paige corrected. She poured half the bottle of syrup on her waffle and pulled a piece apart with her fingers. Who knows? Maybe one day it'll be one-third mine. Kate leveled a look at her. What? Paige demanded, her mouth full. I'm just saying. So what was all that other stuff about? 
Kate asked, steering them away from choppy waters. Last night, that stuff about the book? There was no way Jeff bought any of that. It's right here. Paige gestured to the nightstand closest to her, upon which sat an ancient-looking volume covered in pristine plastic. Where did that come from? Kate's mouth fell open. You can't be serious, keeping valuable books in a damp old cabin like this. Paige grinned at her and got up from the bed. She moved over to the closet and pushed aside some old clothes and what looked like a mangy old fur. She removed a piece of paneling from the back of the closet wall to reveal a large gun safe squatting there behind the winter coats like a tank. She spun the dial and pried open the door to reveal several shelves of neatly stacked, cellophane-wrapped books. Jamie Mack, Kate said, goggling. My grandpa thought it was safer to keep the really valuable stuff away from the store, just in case. How on earth did he even get that thing up the stairs? Kate marveled, getting up to examine the beast. Oh, he didn't. They used a crane, and they brought it in through that window. Wow. There's a few Christie first editions here. Uh, Fitzgerald, Dickens, Faulkner, even a really old edition of Pride and Prejudice. A first edition? Kate's eyes widened, knowing such a book would be worth more than the cost of an average house. I don't think so, Paige frowned. I don't think it's particularly valuable, even, but it seemed to mean a lot to him. I mean, he did rename the store Lizzie and Fitz, right? Kate's eyes roamed over the stack of books, feeling suddenly like she was looking into a past she'd known nothing about. At the same time, she felt an odd kind of relief. Paige's grandfather had provided for her, in a way, leaving her a legacy of collectible books that would only grow more valuable with time. It was good to know Paige wouldn't have to depend on the bookstore sales alone to keep her afloat. She would be all right, even if she never got married, even if her brother never came back. She'd be all right. Tears stung Kate's eyes, and she impulsively reached out and hugged Paige. She hugged her tightly, not squeezing, but holding on as if never wanting to let go. Paige laughed with surprise and hugged her back. Hey, what's going on? Paige asked when Kate finally let her go. Her expression changed. Are you crying? What's the matter, honey? No, nothing. Kate closed her eyes and shook her head. Everything. I, I don't know. I'm just feeling... Emotional, lately. Aw. Paige reached out and rubbed Kate's arm. But don't say it. Say what? That I'm pregnant? Never crossed my mind, Paige said with a mock shudder. There are places even my mind doesn't go. Just then, the sound of a car pulling into the gravel driveway interrupted them. Kate wiped at her eyes and went to the window with Paige. And when they slid up the pane and looked down... Jeff smiled up at them from the driver's seat of his convertible. "'Morning, ladies,' he waved, his smile bright and happy. "'Damn, I forgot,' Kate said. "'I told him I'd take him over to Luna's today to say hello. "'He used to know her when he was a kid.' "'Well, I, for one, am going back to bed,' Paige announced, "'floofing a blonde curl out of her face with a gust of breath. "'She pulled the duvet around herself and curled up in a contented ball.' Say hi to Luna for me. Wow, this house hasn't changed a bit. 
Jeff stood in Luna's garden an hour later, hands planted on his hips, head tilted back to look up at the ornate, if crumbling, wood curlicues that danced beneath the roof line. He turned to Kate, who was helping Luna settle into a patio chair, and gestured grandly at the house with both hands. Isn't this place something? It sure is, Kate smiled. I'm a dreadful hostess, Luna fretted. Kate, my dear, you must let me get refreshments. You just sit tight, Kate admonished. We don't need anything. We're fine. A carafe of sweet tea, at least? Yes? No, Kate said with gentle firmness and smiled at her. Luna, we're here to see you, not to be fed and watered. Luna clasped her hands together and let them fall into her lap. She made a frustrated little sound of surrender and sat back against the chair in defeat. She had already shown Jeff around the gardens and asked all the properly polite questions about his business and his plans for Cedar Lake, and now seemed determined to progress to the next phase of elegant entertaining, the obligatory refreshments. Simply sitting back and enjoying the afternoon in good company seemed an utterly foreign concept to her, but Kate was happy to see she was at least willing to forgo the social niceties. This once, anyway. The day was blustery and warm, and sunshine through the leaves of Luna's many trees cast a soft, dappled light on the patio table. Bright white clouds sailed across the sky, blocking the sun for a time and throwing long shadows across the lawn. Something in the air signaled that autumn was coming, or that at the very least the humid blanket of summer heat was being chased away, day by day. Jeff ambled over and took a seat beside Kate. He was looking quite dapper today, in a soft blue cotton shirt open at the neck and a pair of tailored dark blue trousers. His shoes were still a bit too formal, Kate thought, noticing that the camel-colored leather loafers matched his belt. He was a bit intimidating, if she were honest. He had more fashion sense than she did. She'd chosen a light summer dress with a pale yellow floral pattern and some strappy sandals that had seen better days. Next to him, she kind of felt like the coffee girl, or like she'd missed the memo about just how casual Casual Friday was supposed to be. Kate's right, Miss Travers, Jeff said amiably. I'm just so tickled to see you again after all these years. Brings me right back. You were always kind, boy, Luna said, her gentle eyes sparkling at him. You always did such a fine job with the lawn work. And tell me, do you remember that time when I accidentally gave you a $10 bill in your envelope instead of a five, and you returned it to me because I had overpaid? Jeff blushed and lowered his head. Yes, I do. But I'm not a saint. I did think long and hard about keeping it. But you didn't. You were such a decent young man. He shrugged and slid a bashful look at Kate. And the work you do, Luna went on, all politeness and genteel hospitality. Goodness, it sounds complicated. Do you know I've never been on an airplane? Can you believe it? I've been on an ocean liner, of course, but never an airliner. Well, maybe I'll have my Cessna brought over and I'll take you up for a spin, he said, his charming smile earning a bright-eyed gasp of excitement from Luna. You have your own plane? Kate asked, astonished. Oh, it's just a 172. He brushed it off and laughed. 
It's not like a plain plane. It's not a Gulf Stream or anything. And it's not mine. It's the company's. Still. Wow. She didn't mean to sound so impressed, but she couldn't help it. She could barely afford a plane ticket. Never mind the whole plane. Cessna or otherwise. He, meanwhile, looked ridiculously pleased with himself. Almost like a little boy, all aglow that the teacher liked his apple. A strange feeling began to twist in Kate's stomach, and not an altogether pleasant one. It wasn't the butterflies. They were hibernating or something because she hadn't felt so much as a flutter, but it felt almost as squirmy. Jeff was looking at her strangely, like the two of them were co-conspirators, sharing something as yet unknown to Luna or the rest of the world. It wasn't a comfortable feeling at all. The next thought to grip her was even more uncomfortable. Maybe letting him kiss her goodnight had been a mistake. She immediately admonished herself, remembering how chaste and almost perfunctory his kiss had been. He certainly hadn't come on to her or tried to cajole his way inside the cabin. He had been a perfect gentleman the whole time. Their night out had been friendly and easygoing, for the most part, until she'd broken down and spilled everything about Noah, of course, and even at that, Jeff had responded to her with the kindness of a dear friend. He really was that rarest of all creatures, a genuinely nice guy. He wasn't even trying to bank on it. Not that Kate could see, at least. He was just authentically decent, as Luna had said. The affable boy he'd been had matured into an easygoing, guileless young man, and Kate was enjoying his company. Maybe she just needed some time to get to know him again. Maybe the butterflies would flutter to life again, if given enough incentive. Maybe when Noah boarded that plane and left her, she thought, with a twinge of pain. Maybe on that dark day the butterflies would begin to swoop in a different direction. A pilot, Luna was saying, her eyes shining. And a CEO? My, what an accomplished young man you've become. And at such a young age. Uh, no, Jeff scoffed good-naturedly. I'm just lucky I can pursue some hobbies. And honestly, my dad's the real powerhouse behind Lucas Airspace. He's the one who built it up and made it what it is. I owe him everything. Well, I think you're being too modest, Luna pronounced, patting his hand. Your father wouldn't have put you in charge if you didn't deserve to be there. Jeff looked down to hide the blush effusing his face and tried to shrug off the praise. He was loving this, Kate could see, and she was glad. Movement at the gate caught Kate's eye, and when she looked up, the flock of butterflies in her stomach practically burst through her chest. No. She hadn't heard from him since he'd left Lizzie and Fitz with that lukewarm peck on her cheek and that amiable, if distant, smile. She'd wanted to cry then, and she almost wanted to cry now, this time from the sweet relief of seeing him again. She smiled at him and put her hand up in a wave. He returned her smile and pushed through the gate, only then turning his gaze to the two people sitting off to her right. His smile flickered just that little bit when he saw Jeff, but he recovered quickly and greeted everyone warmly as he approached. 
Noah, my dear boy. Luna rose to put her arms around him, and he stooped down to gently take her in his arms. The size difference between them was almost comical, and Kate loved how tenderly he held her and how gentle his smile was as he helped her sit back down. I just came by to see how you were, Noah said, and if you need anything. I'm absolutely fine, as you can see, Luna beamed. I'm the belle of the ball today, it seems, with so many lovely visitors. She gestured to Kate and Jeff, and for a moment Kate fully expected her to offer everyone refreshments again. Hi, Kate, Noah said, turning his eyes to her. He lingered there for a moment, his expression hard to read, and then turned to Jeff. Hey, Jeff? Noah, good to see you again, Jeff said. Have a seat. Join us. Noah had just started lowering himself into a chair when Jeff spoke, and now he paused, halfway down, his posture suspended in mid-sit for a moment. Finally, he sat. Thanks, Jeff. I think I will. His tone was easygoing, but irritation bristled beneath his words, and when Kate looked up at him and saw how he was smiling at Jeff, she felt the urge to say something to diffuse the situation, but didn't. What could she say? She actually understood Noah's irritation. It had seemed a bit presumptuous of Jeff to offer Noah a seat, as though this were his house, his patio set, his domain. If anyone, it should have been Luna offering the invitation, not someone who had only been at the house for an hour. But she shook the thought away. Luna's obsession with etiquette was starting to infect her now. Any minute now, she'd be jumping up to get the iced tea. Are you coming off a shift, dear? Luna asked. Before Noah could answer, she turned to Jeff. Noah it was so wonderful with me the other day when I had a, a bit of a spell and had to go to the hospital. He has a gift for medicine, a real gift. Jeff's eyebrows rose, and he looked at Noah. No kidding. You doctor? Noah took a minute before he replied. Paramedic. Jeff snapped his fingers and pointed at Noah. That's right. I remember that. It was right before we moved. You were going to sign up for EMT training with the local fire hall. Good for you, man. Noah pressed his lips together in a tight smile. A paramedic saved my life once, Jeff went on, looking at Kate and Luna. No word of a lie. I was about 20. I was in Italy for the summer, and I was doing that whole Amalfi Coast drive, you know, that winding road you see in all the movies. Gorgeous spot. Utterly breathtaking. Anyway, I was driving too much car for my skill level and went off the road down this hill and into somebody's backyard. My chest hit the steering wheel and shattered. I forget what they call it, a fail something, flail chest, Noah said. Right, that. And a piece of my rib punctured my lung and collapsed it. Apparently the EMT that worked on me put a tube in through my ribs, saved my life, or else I would have died. Goodness me, Luna said. You were very lucky. Oh, I know. I still have the scar to remind me. Jeff laughed. Kate suddenly thought of another scar, the one snaking down the side of Noah's ribs, the one put there by someone trying to take his life, not save it. She tried to catch his eye in some vain but hopeful attempt to let him know she was thinking about him, 
but he was looking at Jeff. Anyway, apparently that EMT went on to become some big surgeon in Italy, Jeff said. But when he looked at Noah, he seemed to sense the surgeon bit was the wrong direction to take the conversation. He smiled. I bet you have a ton of stories, right? All the crazy stuff people get themselves into? Tons of stories. Noah smiled again. Tons of crazy stuff. If a person's whole body could cringe, Kate's was doing it right now. Every cell in her body was wincing. She knew Jeff was only trying to make conversation, and that he couldn't possibly know he was saying exactly the wrong things. But still, she struggled to come up with some way of changing the subject. But words failed her. We should grab a beer sometime, Jeff was saying. Catch up a bit, you know? Like Kate and I did last night. Janie Mac, Jeff, just stop already, would you? Noah's eyebrows rose and his eyes slowly drifted over to find Kate's. She met his gaze and shook her head as slightly as she could, just one little flick of her chin, really, hoping he'd get the message. His eyes on hers were steady and inscrutable. We just went for burgers at Carlino's, she said, laughing it off. You should have come. We, we missed you. His chin dropped to his chest, and his eyebrows lofted even higher. Well, she thought philosophically, at least Paige hadn't made good on her threat to tell Noah about the date. That was something, at least. Yeah, I can't believe Carlino's is still the same, Jeff said buoyantly. I swear, it looks exactly like it did when I was a kid. He even serves swamp water still. Can you believe it? One of my favorites, Noah said, not skipping a beat. But he was still looking at Kate regarding her as if just waiting for her to say something. Hey, by the way, how's Paige feeling this morning, Kate? Jeff asked, a look of real concern on his face. Did her migraine go away? Noah's head tipped back just that little bit, and he looked up at the sky as he briefly closed his eyes. He knew all his sister's ruses. He had been on the receiving end of the migraine ruse many times, Kate guessed which meant he was now putting together exactly what had happened last night. She's fine, Kate said. I found her asleep upstairs after you left. She decided to sleep in this morning, and I can't blame her. She's been working a lot lately. After you left. Hear that, Kincaid? After he left. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed touring the town again, Jeff said. It brought back so many good memories. We've got a little slice of heaven here, I think. For a moment, Kate felt oddly embarrassed on Jeff's behalf. Maybe it was the earnestness of his good spirits, or maybe it was the way he gushed over a town that was no longer his to claim as his own. Or maybe it was just that in comparison to Noah's calm, still presence next to him, Jeff seemed almost goofy. Good-natured and kind, but a little goofy. Was it possible for someone to be this genuinely nice all the time? She was being so unfair, and she knew it. Noah and Jeff were apples and oranges, two very different kinds of men. Paige has migraines? Luna asked. Poor dear. I understand they can be very debilitating. Hers come and go, said Noah archly, usually quite quickly. 
depending on the circumstances. Oh, well, that's a relief, said Luna. She's too young to have a health condition stop her from enjoying life. Lord knows there's time enough for that when you get older. Paige is just fine, Noah reassured her. Usually I'm the only one that brings on her migraines, and only when I have the nerve to argue with her. She's just going to miss you, that's all, dear, Luna said, a soft, gentle smile curving her lips, as are we all. Jeff's eyebrows lofted this time, and he turned to Noah. Are you going somewhere? Like, on vacation? Kate looked up quickly and almost said something like, Yes, remember, last night I blubbered all about it, but was glad she didn't. Jeff's pretend surprise was a social nicety, she realized. A ruse, but a nice one. Noah shifted a bit in his chair. Yeah, actually, uh, end of the week, I'm heading off uh, to... Panama, to do some volunteer work. His eyes flicked over to Kate's, then returned to Jeff. Something I've wanted to do for a long time. To her surprise, Jeff wanted to hear all about it. This was carrying the little ruse a bit too far, she thought, considering he knew how much the whole thing was upsetting her. But maybe it was only natural that someone who supposedly knew nothing about this whole adventure would want to hear more about it. Still, she found it a bit unsettling. And so she was forced to sit there and hear it all again, as Noah described Global Medic and his work in the poorest villages, and how it was going to be such meaningful, impactful work. Jeff was keenly interested and asked questions about every part of it, allowing Noah to warm to the subject and begin to speak with more excitement about how he expected his adventure to unfold. Once in a while, Noah's gaze would slide over to Kate, but then a question or a comment from Jeff or Luna would bring him back to the subject, and he'd launch into another explanation of some of the projects his volunteer organization was planning. He looked happy, but there was a cool reserve shadowing his tone and expressions. Well, that sounds absolutely amazing, Jeff finally said. What a fantastic way to spend a vacation. I really admire you. Noah let out a half laugh. Well, thanks. A bit more than a vacation, but yeah. Oh? Noah let out a breath and smiled. Yeah, I'm uh, heading out there for three months. Might sign on for more after that. I'll see how it goes. Really? Jeff marveled, and then let the silence speak for him. The change that had come over Jeff was subtle. More than subtle, in fact. Relief, triumph, satisfaction, all of them so close together Kate couldn't pick out just one. Jeff was relieved that Noah was going away, and he'd wanted Kate to hear the whole thing again, just to cement it in her mind. Great. Now she was pissed off at both of them. Well, again, all the best to you, man, Jeff said. You're doing good work. Noah does good work here, too, Luna put in, smiling at him like a proud grandmother. He's such a hard worker. He's done so much for the community here, and he always comes by to check on me and help me around the house. Jeff let out a snort of a laugh and then looked suitably embarrassed. He sat back and pinched his nose with his finger and thumb so as to stop more laughter from coming out. Finally, he looked up at Noah. Sorry. 
I just, <laughs> I just couldn't help it. I mean, the garden is wonderful, but the house? <laughs> My God, look at the state of it. You can't have been helping out too much there, Noah. He tried to cover the statement with good-natured laughter, but Kate felt the sting and saw how it had landed, as expected, on Noah. He pressed his lips together and looked down, not willing to rise to the bait and offer excuses about being too busy or too tired or too worn out from life to take on a project of this size. Oh, he's a tremendous help, Luna protested. When he can, of course. He keeps the shrubbery out front trimmed back, and he put up a brace inside the front porch to keep it from falling any further. And he comes by so often, like today, just to visit. I hope you don't go out on that front porch, Miss Travers, Jeff said, his brow furrowing. It looks ready to collapse, brace or not. Seriously, I'd think about tearing the whole thing down. Luna's eyes flared with alarm. Oh my goodness, no! I love that porch. I'd hate to see it go. I bet it's full of rot, though, Jeff said. You could replace it, maybe, with a new resin-based material, or at least weather-treated wood. But the woodworking is so beautiful, Luna said fretfully. My father and grandfather worked on a lot of it. I'd hate to part with it. Jeff leaned forward and stage whispered, We could just copy the design and have it redone. You'd never know the difference. There was that sense of ownership again, that we that didn't belong and Kate felt the hairs on the back of her neck rising. But what could she say? Jeff was being polite and helpful and seemed to be offering to repair a part of the house that desperately needed it. It just needs a bit of work here and there, Noah said evenly. Same as the deck at my cabin. The railings wear out in all this humidity and need replacing after time. It's not a full tear-down job. Jeff looked at Noah. Maybe so, but either way... It's not something you'll have to worry about, is it? You'll be gone, so someone else will have to look after the house. Listen, Noah said, his irritation finally rising to the surface. I've done my best to make sure she's safe and happy. Your best, Jeff echoed and looked up at the peeling paint on the house. Sorry, man, it doesn't look like you've been doing too great a job. Boys, please, Luna said her faint voice a little louder and a little more wobbly than usual. I simply won't have you arguing, especially not over the house of all things. Sorry, Miss Travers. Jeff put up his hands. I meant no offense. I just wanted Noah to know that he doesn't have to bear the responsibility anymore. I'll be around to help. Kate blinked. He would? When had this been decided? As far as she'd known, he'd only been joking about buying a property here, since his new hangar was in Dunmore and his main business was in Boston. He can take his sabbatical without worrying about anything, Jeff continued, returning his gaze to look right at Noah. And then, with a benevolent smile, he looked at Kate, and she wished the patio chair she was sitting in would just fold up and swallow her whole. Noah stood up abruptly but then let out a breath it seemed like he'd been holding, and smiled. Well, glad to know you've got things under control, Jeff. Luna, Kate, good to see you both. I gotta get going.
Before anyone could offer up polite goodbyes, Noah was striding away from the table and towards the garden gate. Without thinking, Kate jumped up and followed him. Noah, wait, she said, when she was close enough to say it discreetly. He turned his head to acknowledge her, but kept walking. She caught up to him and took him by the arm, pulling him aside so that they were sheltered from the other's view by one of the large shrubs that dominated the front of the house. Noah, please don't be mad. You know he means well. You told him, he said, his eyes looking both angry and betrayed. You told him I'm leaving. Yes, I told him, she said defensively, not at all liking the way he was looking at her. It came up in conversation. What's the big deal? The whole town knows you're leaving. It wouldn't have taken long for him to find out anyway. Noah stepped closer to her, and for a moment she was overwhelmed by his presence, by the closeness of his body, by his clean, masculine scent, by the faint stubble on his jaw. She wanted to reach up and kiss every bit of that stubble and find her way to his mouth for a sensuous kiss. The butterflies in her stomach heartily agreed. Did you tell him about us? His voice had softened a little, but that keen look in his eyes made her feel even more defensive. They had decided it wasn't a secret, hadn't they? That they wouldn't advertise it, but they wouldn't actively hide it from anyone. Still, she suddenly felt like she'd betrayed a secret, and before she could find a way to control herself, her eyes started to tear up. It just came out. I'm sorry, she said. We were talking last night, and and you told him what an asshole I am for leaving you. No, of course not. Well, that's clearly what he thinks. Noah shot back. He thinks he's going to take care of you now that I'm abandoning you. He does not, Kate returned. He was just talking about Luna's house, trying to make you feel better about not being here for her. You know perfectly well he wasn't talking about the damn house. She did know. She hadn't been sure Noah had picked up on Jeff's subtle jabs, but now she could be in no doubt that he had. Why do you care, anyway? Kate demanded, trying to keep her voice down. She wiped away a tear with an angry swipe. What difference does it make what Jeff or Luna or anybody thinks? You won't be here this time next week, and you're not coming back, remember? Maybe I don't want him knowing our business, he said, his voice low and angry. And I never said I'm not coming back. I just said, I know what you said. She cut him off and her heart softened again at the memory of their talk that night in his apartment. I know you need to get away. Please don't make us go over all of that again. Just just accept that we'll be okay here without you. You don't need to take care of anyone anymore. You don't need to be responsible for anyone but yourself. It's your turn, Noah, and it's okay. This would have sounded a lot more convincing if there weren't tears streaming down her face, but at least she'd managed to say it without breaking down completely. You know I love this town, and Paige, and Luna, and... He stopped himself, and she could see his Adam's apple bob in his throat. I don't want Jeff Lucas thinking I'm just abandoning everything and everyone I love. But you are, she wanted to say. 
You don't want him to think it because you know in your heart that you are. Don't concern yourself with what Jeff thinks, Kate said. For God's sake, Noah, if you don't care what I think, why the hell would you care about him? Noah's eyes flared then and he stepped even closer, his movement a silent denial, an abrupt protest at her words. He put his hands on Kate's waist and pulled her towards him, and she could have sworn she saw tears glinting in his eyes, too, as he leaned down towards her, his eyes roaming over her face, hesitating, giving in, pressing his lips to hers in a sweet, simple kiss. She kissed him back but pulled away quickly, not wanting it to escalate into anything deeper, not with the way they were both feeling at the moment. His eyes had changed. The anger she'd seen in them had softened into a kind of pain, and the tenderness she saw there made her struggle to keep herself from breaking down. He was trying to say something but couldn't, and his expression bore the frustration she could feel emanating from him. Should she stand there, puddle-eyed and pathetic, and make him say it? Should she demand a declaration from him? Or a promise not to leave her after all? Maybe if she loved him less, she could have. You better go, she whispered, afraid to speak louder in case her voice cracked. I'm sure you have a lot to do to get ready. I'll come by and see you tomorrow, he said earnestly, stealing another kiss. We can talk more then, okay? She nodded and wiped away the rest of her tears. Noah stepped back and dabbed at his eye as though some small winged thing had just flown into it. Then he dabbed at the other one. Must have been two small winged things. Everything okay here? Suddenly Jeff appeared around the corner, his face open and friendly and wearing that goofy smile. He stopped when he saw the two of them, but didn't retreat. He simply put his hands in his pockets and rocked back on his heels. Oh, sorry, Noah. I guess you're just saying goodbye. Don't let me interrupt. Noah smiled at Jeff with the fake, professional smile Kate had seen him use on patients. No problem, Jeff. Good to see you again, Kate. Noah nodded at her and leaned to kiss her on the cheek. This time, unlike yesterday, his lips were warm and soft and lingered, sending a shiver through her that spoke volumes more than he could have ever said. He pulled back and smiled at her. Tomorrow. And with that, he left. <laughs>